0: future. We're talking real money.
1: Well, it's the end of the week, and it's one of my favorite parts of the week. It's my opportunity to just answer a bunch of your questions that you sent in to TalkingRealMoney.com. And a lot of you are sending questions into TalkingRealMoney.com, and I really, really, really appreciate it because they're great. We really do have some great questions today, from the first one right on to the last. So I know I'm going to enjoy today's show, today's podcast, today's podcast. I hope you do. So let's get, let's just get started. Let's just get to the questions because they're the best part of the thing anyway. And here we go with the first one. Hi, Don and
2: Tom. Um, my name is Mike. And I was calling, you guys always mention to not invest in individual stocks because the company can go bankrupt and you lose everything. But my question was what happens um, if you own an ETF and the fund company goes out of business? Uh, I realize it's very, very low chance that like a a Vanguard or a Schwab or Avantis would go out of business, but I'm just curious if that's ever happened, and if so, what the what the process is. Thanks a lot.
1: Bye. So you wanted to tell you a great question. Um, it, it's it's never happened, but I'm not in the least bit worried about it happening because here's what would occur: the company that that manages it is a separate entity. They do not hold the securities. Those are held elsewhere. They're held in a separate account, and they belong not to the management company, but to the shareholders of the shares of the ETF. So the company could go belly up, but your securities are still there, and it is not going to affect the price of the ETF much it might, there might be a little bit wider bid ask spread for a little while, but the reality is that can't, that won't last because the underlying securities, and we hope the underlying securities in your ETF number in the thousands, they'll continue to trade just like they did. Really basically ignoring the fact that an ETF went, an ETF manager went broke, unless of course it's part of a bigger problem, but th- that would just cause the overall market to decline. But no, nothing your assets are segregated from any problem that might occur with avantis vanguard fidelity ishares whomever it might be you don't you this is one thing you really don't have to worry about you do not They're your assets. You own those stocks in those ETFs. They don't belong to anyone else, nor can they be used to pay off any obligations of the management company whatsoever. If somebody owns shares in the management company, different. They're going to get hit. If somebody owns bonds in the management company, sure, they might get hit. But the shareholders who own the ETFs, nothing, not a darn thing would happen. Thanks for the question. And, they're all good. So uh, if you want to send one in, though, our call one in, uh, speak one in, go to TalkingRealMoney.com to the contact form and just use your computer mic to uh, speak your question. You can also type them in there if you want, and we'll get to those during some of the other shows, you know, during the weekday podcast. And you can also call us at 855-935-TALK. Oh, 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 and remember, because this is the Friday show, uh, every Saturday... We talk with you live. It is the only time during the week when we actually take live calls at our same number, 855-935-TALK. And that's between 3 and 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific, when we do a radio show that becomes the Monday and Tuesday podcast. So call us live on Saturdays, 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific, 855-935-8255. And let's go to our next question.
2: Hi, Tom and Don. This is Tracy in Ann Arbor. My wife, Lori, and I have been avid listeners of yours for quite a while. And we have a question. Would a an IRA Roth conversion count as a required minimum distribution once I reach that age? Thanks. Love your show.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a good idea, but somebody's yeah, a lot of people have already thought of it, including the government. And no, it can't be done. You cannot convert a Roth in lieu of your RMD. So if you convert a Roth after 73 now, um, you still have to take whatever the RMD was. So you you do a $10,000 Roth conversion and your RMD is $10,000. Well, you're going to have to pay taxes on $10,000, but 10,000 future dollars are now in a Roth. But no, 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 no. You cannot do a Roth conversion in lieu of a required minimum distribution after 73? I'm trying to remember. I think that's right. Thank you for the question, though. I really appreciate it. And let's take yet another one. Here we go.
3: Hi, Tom and Don. My name is Beth, and I'm so thrilled to be speaking with you. Thanks for everything that you do for all of us. So I have a question about a bit of unintentional possible hodgepodgeitis that I may be suffering from. So I previously worked in a hospital system for 10 years and I have two different retirement accounts there and a pension that is not being contributed to anymore. So I now work for a new hospital system that I've been with for about seven years and I intend to work there for at least 10 more years. I'm 37 and both my husband and I make (laughs) around $180,000 a year. So we probably don't um, qualify for regular Roth accounts. But in my old hospital system, I have these two accounts. One is a 401k that is a T. Rowe Price Retirement 2050 Trust Class J account. It's described as TRP Retire 2050J, and I didn't see a ticker on the website. It looks like the expense ratio is 0.27%, and I have $46,000 in that one. And then the other one is a T. Rowe Price Retirement I 2050 Fund I-Class, and that ticker is TRPMX. It's also described as TRP Retire I-2050 Fund I-Class, and it looks like the expense ratio for that one is 0.45%, and I have $38,000 in that one. I also have a pension with them that has $36,000 in it. It looks like it gained about 9% interest last year, which is fabulous, but I have a pension question related to that. So with my new hospital system, I have a uh, Roth retirement account that is a Vanguard Target Retirement 2050 fund. The ticker for that is VFIFX, and it looks like the expense ratio is 0.08%, and I have $83,000 in that one. The way it works, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, is it looks like 63% of that is in a Roth portion. And then my um, employer contributions go into a pre-tax portion and that's the rest of that. So like 37% of that is in the pre-tax. So I have two questions for you really. Should I move my prior 401k and 403b accounts into my, and I'm sorry, those those first two accounts are with Fidelity. Those first two accounts and the pension are Fidelity. And then my new account with my new employer is uh, Vanguard. Or I'm sorry, it's Transamerica. It's a Vanguard account. It's a Vanguard uh, portfolio or whatever in a Transamerica account. So should I move my prior 401k and 403b accounts that have a higher um, expense ratio into my current Vanguard account? because the fees are less from what I can see. That's my first question. Then my second question is, is there a situation where it would benefit me to move my old pension into an IRA? I don't really understand this pension situation. I guess it continues to accrue interest until I'm 65, and then it's distributed out like an annuity monthly. But I just feel, you know, working with different hospital systems, I feel weird with having that money there, that, you know, there's always. I mean, who even knows if that hospital system is going to exist in 30 years? It just. It feels weird to have that money there, but I don't even know if I'm. If I have the ability to move it, and should I move it? It seems like it um, gained a bunch of interest last year, but then the prior two years it was only about four or five percent. So, would it benefit me to move that thirty-six thousand dollars into an IRA or some other type of an account? Uh, I hope this is not too much, and I hope that these are all questions that could benefit other people as well. So, looking forward to hearing your response. Hopefully, thanks so much.
1: Well, thanks, Beth. That's a whole lot of question. Holy cow! You really don't have hodgepodgeitis, though. You you just have multiple retirement plans, which is not a big deal at all. And they're actually pretty good, all in all. But um, in answer to your question, should you move the old 401 and 403 that are in T-Row, well, the infidelity in T-Row price funds? For a couple of reasons, I would say, sure, yes. Matter of fact, why not? Well, one, you're going to reduce your expenses by a whole lot as a percentage. I know when we get into half a percent or less, it seems like nothing, but it, it all makes a difference. The only thing you might want to check in is to see if there are any administrative fees being charged to participants. There may not be, but uh, that's something you might want to consider if they're there at all. But it, it, without with, without that, just based on the fees of the funds, uh, I'd make the switch. I'd make this. I'd make the switch right away. I'd move them all into your new uh, four hundred three or four hundred one, whatever it is you have at your new employer, um, and um, the pension. I. I at your age, I believe there's a big benefit to moving the pension, and maybe even moving it into your Roth, uh, using the same investment. Even although you could t- use this as an opportunity, to take a little money and get a small cap value fund if it's available from from Vanguard. But I, I would I would take it out because at thirty, what what'd you say, thirty seven thousand, thirty six thousand. Uh, it is not going to make for a very big pension. And as you said, who knows what's going to happen to the hospital in the future. It's a, de- it's a defined benefit program. And if it's a qualified defined benefit program, or that's what it sounds like, then it's eligible to be transferred or rolled over. And I would definitely consider doing that. Again, makes life easier. And your earning potential long-term is likely to be much much greater giving you more money in retirement and more flexibility you can at that point if you want buy an annuity although i wouldn't i would just keep doing what you're doing thank you i appreciate you listening and i i do appreciate the uh, the question once again if you have questions go to talkingrealmoney.com it's really easy you just type them in or speak them in which is great i love it when you speak them in Um, And everybody, everybody who has a computer should have a decent mic. Although, some computers have really good mics built in, particularly Apple's. They have great mics. Let's go to our next
2: question. Hi, Tom and Don. Uh, My name is Daniel. I'm from uh, West Des Moines, Iowa, via Oregon. Um, Found your podcast a couple weeks ago through the Clark Howard Show. Uh, Anyways, um, I guess you could say I had an epiphany about a couple months ago where I decided I was sick like, and tired of being uh, nickel and nine to death with my uh, Roth IRA, Edward Jones, so I moved it over to Charles Schwab just because there's a local branch office here in town. Um, anyways, um, I've transferred over into their uh, Intelligent Portfolio Roth IRA, and I have some extra cash left, about $10,000, and I'm just not sure what to invest it in. Uh, probably a brokerage account, although I know there's the three fund theory... Uh, index funds, ETFs. I know Schwab has SCHD, which I guess is their dividend, SCHD growth, um, foreign markets, REITs, all that. So, uh, you know, I just kind of let my advisor do it for the past however many decades, it seems like 15 years. So I'm just not sure if you can kind of give me some advice as to what, uh, you know, if I should go the ETF route or the index fund, or maybe even just a target date fund. Uh, i 41. I got about a hundred and 30,000, 150,000, somewhere in there uh, in my uh, Roth. Uh, I'll be starting a job in Amazon in July. Uh, that'll bump up my pay uh, plan to put 25% in uh, the IRA, so that would be about $1,500 a month. Uh, hopefully, I can do that for the rest of my life for the next 20 years or so, plus the additional 6500 into my uh, Roth every year. I fully fund it every year, uh, at least I have been able to for the past five years or so. Uh, anyways, just like and reach out. Uh, this may be more of a question for your uh, a one-hour consultation, but I just wanted to find out and kind of get some ideas since uh, I haven't really done any of my own investing in you know a brokerage fund other than just handing the reins over to the advisor and asking a couple questions. Um, and I am more of a uh, aggressive, moderately aggressive, moderately aggressive growth. So I like to kind of roll the dice. So anyways, uh, thanks for your help and enjoy the show.
1: Smart move, Daniel. Going from Ed. To Schwab, going from Ed to Charles, <laughs> going from Edward to Chuck, uh, and you're using their uh, their advisory program. And if you're happy with their advisory program, uh, then I would probably it's it's it doesn't cost anything because you know you, you, they make money off the cash. I would probably go ahead and put that ten grand if that is long term money. Uh, I would probably just move it over into the um, into the Schwab account. I, I think I'd keep it simple. I don't know what you own in the intelligent advent, uh, uh, investor program or intelligent advisor, but um, I would assume you have good diversification, low cost index style or passive. Uh, what's the, what's the word for them? Uh, <laughs> they don't like passive anymore uh evidence based that's it evidence based funds then uh, just add to that portfolio and let your manager build it to fit what you're already doing i don't want to add any outside changes unless what they're doing is just really wrong which i don't know because i don't know the portfolio and if that's the case then you just redo it and do it on your own from scratch but if they're doing okay give it to them let them find the right place within the portfolio for that money Given that it's long term money. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate the call. Glad you're listening. And let's just sneak in one more, shall we? I think we shall.
2: Hello, gentlemen. I have a quick question for you about diversification and wanted to know what you thought about owning some precious metals, such as an index fund GLD, if that could be 1% to 2 to 3%, if you think that's good over a period of 5, 10, 20 years. To own. Thank you.
1: No. That's the short answer. No. We don't believe, and this is based on evidence, that gold or precious metals make investing sense. One of the biggest reasons for owning gold is always the hedge against uncertainty. Well, when you own GLD, which is an ETF of gold and precious metals— You don't actually have it in your possession. So if, uh, you know, the fungus in The Last of Us hits the world and uh, you notice when they walked, if if you've ever watched Last of Us, the recent episode, they walked into a bank and they didn't even bother going into the vault. They just didn't care. They were looking for food. Um, If that happens, even gold isn't going to be worth anything. Gold kind of works as an inflation hedge. But uh, if you, as an inflation hedge, all it's doing is keeping you even. Well, long-term, you probably should be able to do a lot better than even. And look at the returns long-term for gold. See, we don't like investments that have a 15-year return of 5% per year when you could have made far more than that in a well-diversified portfolio. Uh, so... It doesn't meet any of our criteria. Gold cannot become more valuable. It just can't. Uh, There is, while they claim there's a finite supply, is there really a finite supply of gold? I don't believe there is a finite. In fact, I believe there is close to an infinite supply of gold. If the price is high enough, people will find it somewhere, the bottom of the ocean on an asteroid in space, they'll find more of it. So it's not finite. It serves very few purposes. It is not used as a currency, and it is unlikely to ever be used as a currency because it would take a global apocalypse for that to possibly happen. And then in that scenario, the global currency will likely be guns and food. So, uh, no, I don't think it does anything for your portfolio, except maybe give you the tiniest of little inflation hedges. Thank you for the question. Thank you all for the questions. They were really, really good this week. And uh, if you have some questions about money, anything to do with money, it's not just investing. Although, of course, that's our area of specialty or of expertise, greatest expertise. But we will try to find you the answers if we don't have them for almost anything money-oriented. And you can send those questions in or talk them in at TalkingRealMoney.com or call them in anytime at 855-935-TALK. Call us live on Saturdays from 3 to 5 Eastern. Same number, 855-935-8255. And as Daniel alluded to, if you need more help, we do something that really nobody else in reality does. I just don't know of anybody who actually does this. We will give you the time of one of our advisors, which includes Tom possibly. We will give you time to help with a problem that can be of a larger scale, a a bigger scope. And it's free. It's without encumbrance. And it is high-pressure sales pitch free it will not happen i can absolutely assure you of that if that ever happens then uh i'm i'm out of here because tom and i built a company based on education first getting paid later for those who really need help it's been good it's been a good way to build a business it really has it's more you know it's karmic marketing turns out that works uh, so we're not going to try to sell you anything, but if you do want to become a client, sure, sure, sure. Just go to apellowealth.com. Um, uh, but if you just want questions answered, go to talkingrealmoney.com. If you want to meet with an advisor, go to, uh, talkingrealmoney.com and click on meet an advisor and we will set that up for you like that. PDQ. Thank you so much. I am really appreciative of your participation, your questions, your kind comments. You listening, sharing, reviewing us nicely on Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't like us that much, at least try to say something nice. Unless you're an insurance agent or something. And then why the heck are you listening? Go listen to something that agrees with you. Like the rest of the world. Okay, thanks. (laughs) We're out of here. I'm out of here. I'll be back with Tom on Saturday doing the same thing uh, that we do almost every day. And that is talking real money